Father God, would you please speak to us through your word? Would you take my weak and foolish words and would we, you speak by the power of your Holy Spirit? Amen. Could you please be seated? I must say to our uh, friends from uh, Nassau, it is lovely having you here with us. Canon Rollo, can we keep them here? <laughs> the, the responses are just amazing, so, <laughs> so it is really lovely. Um, we're looking, um, I'm looking today at the, that really complicated passage from Colossians chapter 2, the second of our readings that Cassania read for us. Um, it, the words, uh, you can find that on, on the notice sheet. Uh, Jesus is everything that we need. Uh, that's one of the things that those verses are saying. We are full, we are authentic when we are in him. That is a very difficult phrase to understand. What does it mean to be in Jesus? I guess it's about being in a relationship with him. We know him and we're known by him. When you know the Jesus who already knows you. But it's more than that. Perhaps you can think of the idea of being in Christ, like being in a boat or being in an aeroplane. You know where you are, you are gathered together and you are embraced, held together. Or, or, or you're in a team. That's perhaps a, a richer, a richer analogy, a richer example. Because you're sort of together, you're part of that team. Um, but it's more than that. And, and I often use this illustration. <coughs> imagine that this is Jesus. And imagine that this piece of paper is you. And you are placed in Jesus. Um, obviously, that has many limitations, but it is quite helpful as well, though I say so myself. Because this, the Bible, is a human book. It's written by men, or, um, and as far as we know it was men, at particular times, in particular situations, with all their limitations. But it is a Bible. And we believe that through the power of the Holy Spirit, this is not just a human book, but scripture. That it is the word of God. It contains the wisdom of God. It is the wisdom of God, the promise of God, the words of God. It is all that we need to know for salvation. It's all we need to know in order to get to know God. If you listen to this, you're listening to God. And this book is not half human and half word of God. You know, some people would claim, oh, well, well this bit we can take as scripture, but, but this bit we can't. It is fully the word of God. It is fully the words of humans, and it is fully the word of God. And Jesus was fully human. He was a man born at a particular time in a particular place. He had flesh and blood. He had a human heart, a human mind, and a human will. 
But as Christians, we believe that Jesus was also the eternal Son of God. It didn't make him any less human. For in him, Paul says, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, verse 9. That's an amazing verse. So when we look at Jesus, yes, we see a human being living a completely God-focused, God-centered life, but we also look at Jesus, and this is how Paul has looked at him in chapter 1. We see God himself come as a living human being, as one of us. There is no higher authority than, we can go, than Jesus to whom we can go. Jesus Christ is, says Paul earlier, the visible image of the invisible God. When you listen to him, you listen to God. When you obey him, you obey God. When you trust him, you trust God. When you pray to him, you're praying to God. When you worship him, you worship God. When you commit yourself to follow him, you are following God. So this is Jesus, the eternal Son of God, who is inseparable from God, in whom all the fullness, all the wisdom, and all the power of God dwells. And this piece of paper is me, with all my sinfulness and inadequacy, and anxiety, and fear, and weakness, and mortality. And when a person becomes a Christian, the Holy Spirit takes us and places us in Jesus Christ. So to be in Christ is to be in a relationship with Christ. It is to be surrounded by Christ, covered by Christ, connected to Christ, embraced by Christ, at the heart of Christ. There's the great hymn, St. Patrick's Breastplate, which we sometimes sing, um, which has that amazing verse. Christ be with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ when I arise. And once you are in Christ, it's almost impossible to separate you from Christ or to separate Christ from you. You become one of the pages of the book and if you tear the page out, then something is missing. That is why when we are in him, we are full. Verse 10, and you have come to fullness in him. And we're full because we're in him, then we actually, and if we're full because we're in him, then there is actually nothing else that we need to do. There is nothing else that you can do that will make you a more authentic believer or person. There is nothing that you can possess that will make you a fuller, richer, or more authentic, or more authentic person, or believe, or, or person, believer or person. In Paul's time, and this is what he's writing to, false teachers were telling the Christians in Colossae that they were not full that they were not properly blessed because they did not keep the Old Testament law. They were saying, to be a full Christian, you must be circumcised. You must worship on the Sabbath, on the Saturday. The first Christians had very early on made Sunday their day of worship. 
because Sunday was the day of the resurrection of Jesus. They were saying you must celebrate certain feasts. They were saying you must refuse certain foods and you must eat other foods. Uh, and these false teachers were telling the first Christians that if they didn't do these things, if they didn't keep the law, then they were not full Christians. They were only half Christians. And Paul says to the Christians in Colossae, that is not true. If you're in Christ, if you're in a relationship with him, if you put your trust in him, then you have come to fullness in him. Listen, he says, when you put your trust in Jesus... When you were baptised, he says this in verse 12, how we are buried with Christ in baptism, you were placed in Christ. Christ was circumcised. So you don't need to be circumcised because you are in Christ and Christ has already been circumcised. Christ kept the Old Testament law, so you don't need to keep the law because you are in him, and he kept it as it was meant to be kept. Indeed, more than that, when Christ died on the cross, you died with him. If you are a Christian, you are already dead. You died with Christ. Paul writes in Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And when Christ rose from the dead, you also were raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. So in Christ, in relationship with Christ, surrounded by Christ, part of the body of Christ, you are full. There is nothing more you need to do apart from to trust Jesus, to continue to receive from Jesus, and to remain in Jesus. Now, you know, the different issues, we face slightly different issues. We don't have people really coming to us and saying you need to be circumcised or you need to keep the Old Testament law. Although there will be Christians who tell us that we can only be authentic, full Christians if we've had a particular religious experience or if we're part of a particular movement or denomination. But there will always be people who tell us that in order to become an authentic human being, then you must, for example, have this specific product, work for a particular cause, be validated by a special person, be wealthy, have human respect, have a partner or have children, or be sexually satisfied. If you are in Christ, though, there is no must. You already are authentic. You already are full in him. You might be walking in the shadow of death. You might be locked up in the deepest, darkest pit. You might have been publicly shamed. You might be in constant pain and struggling with it. You might have lost all things. 
But if you are in Jesus, you are full. He is with you. He cannot be taken away from you. He is your true identity and your ultimate destiny. If you are in Christ, you are full. You're not perfect. There's so much more that you could become and there's so much more for the Holy Spirit to do in your life. But in Christ you are beloved. Christ is the beloved Son of God, Son of God the Father. And you are in Christ. So you are beloved in Christ. And in Christ you are forgiven. You died with Christ on the Jesus on the cross. The price for your sin has been paid. So please stop trying to earn your forgiveness, whether by punishing yourselves or by trying to live a worthy or religious life. And in Christ you have the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, living in you, guiding and transforming you. And in Christ you have eternal life. You are in him who rose from the dead. And you are united with Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God. When God looks at you, he sees him. You have come to fullness in Christ. So, says Paul at the beginning of our reading, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you were taught, abounding with thanksgiving. That seems to me the only thing that we do need to do. The only must that we are given here. And it's not a must of an ought to, it is a must that comes because we cannot do anything but. Give thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to the God who gave us his Son who has united us with his Son, who has placed us in his Son, who has forgiven us, who has given us all things in Christ, who has cancelled the law that stood against us, who has raised us with Christ, who has given us new and eternal life. Thanksgiving to the God who has lavished on us his love and his mercy. Thanksgiving to the God who in Jesus has given us everything, everything that we need.